This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 21st, episode 3023, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse friends. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. That's right. We're here. and We're going to get you through on our Daily Dose Health segment today. Wendy Murdoch stopped by to explain the Surefoot Equine Stability Program, which apparently Jamie uses, mm-hmm. and for her horses. Also, we have a study show and some weird news, and we have details on Jamie's clinic coming up. So all of that is coming up on today's show. And Flossie requested in the Auditor Post show that we talk about a childhood memory that we yeah, haven't... You know, I gotta say, we might have to go another way, because I like I've been dealing with my parents for so much right now. And like, I was like, what can I think of to say that would be like really happy? And I, it, I kept turning a little dark. So we may have to revisit that. I, I, I have a couple. I can lead the way on that one. On the okay. show. I have a couple. All right. Uh, also, it's the National Toy Hall of Fame, the last day to vote for Briar Horses. So uh, the finalists for 2022 were Light Bright, which I never understood that game. Uh, Nerf Toys, Pound Puppies, Bingo. It's kind of odd, I thought. Uh, Briar Horses, uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, a pinata, Phase 10, which Jennifer and I play all the time, um, Spirograph, and The Top. That's the thing that spins. That's going to win. Well, yeah. I'm surprised it's not in already. So what they're doing is that it's the last day of voting. I'll put a link in the show notes. So it's the 21st. It's Wednesday. And what happens is the votes count as one. They have a panel, a group of panelists that pick the winner. And all the votes from people count as one vote. So uh, it does matter. It's not the final deciding factor of who wins the most or who wins. I think our chances of getting... Of getting Briar horses in there this year are pretty slim, but you know. So I voted for Briar, but I also was a god. I had chocolate chip, and I love chocolate chip. And then one Christmas, I got like a mini, and I called it baby chocolate chip. And my pound puppy was my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't have a pound puppy on my shelf right now at the age of 44. I have (laughs) Briar horses on my shelf, so I had to vote for the Briar. But, you know, chocolate chip and baby chocolate chip my pound puppies they were my bestest (laughs) friends (laughs) the spirograph do you even know what that is i know what it is but i never played with it yeah we had those that was obviously pre-computer days when (laughs) you didn't have much so that and the light bright also pre-computer days i never uh, we had a light bright i never had the patience to to do it the little damn pieces always got lost or the dog ate them i mean something always happened with the little pieces it's like having ding legos in your house like what is that i stepped on oh (laughs) stupid piece of a light bright yep there you go all right well there i'll put the link in the show notes if you want to go vote uh, for briar i think that's the only chance we have to be honest 
<laughs> and we have two auditor birthdays today, Kelly Portner and Jody Hawk. Happy birthday to both of you. We hope you have a terrific day. Oh my gosh, I got a challenging horse in training. Holy moly, this Is this the saddle horse, the one that's afraid of a saddle? Yes. Oh, God. So he is a 14 two-hand gypsy vanner. Get this, Glenn. This horse has been sent to multiple trainers, one of which had him for over a year. A year. And at one point, they hired, that trainer hired a cowboy to come in and ride the horse. Huh? You said that on Monday. So things uh, haven't gotten better since Well, I I now can get us out. So yesterday, I wanted to give my daily winner to myself for having a little (laughs) patience. For so I started, I was like, okay. So she was like, the problem is to start with, everybody falls off of him. Everybody gets bucked off. Everybody he rears. He, everybody falls off. Well, I noticed like he had some lameness in the hind end, so we've addressed that. She's got that sorted out. He comes to me, he's sound ready to go. She's like, mm, he's a little afraid of the saddle. I was like, a little, okay. Day one, I approach him with just a like a little like squishy fleecy surcingle. That took me 20 minutes to get on him, but I got that. And then I was like, okay, let's make it harder. And I got a bareback pad and I was like, okay, let's make it, you know, even harder. And I took a saddle pad and I was able to get all those things on him. So we incrementally upticked it each time. Okay, fine. Day two, I'm like, all right, let's step it up. Let's get a saddle on this pony. No, (laughs) no. Oh my gosh. 40 minutes to get a saddle on this just get a saddle on it because you would start to put it up and like go away. Approach and retreat, approach and retreat, approach and retreat, spook and bolt. <laughs> approach, retreat, approach, retreat, approach, spook and bolt. <laughs> so when you mean get a saddle on, there's literally just laying the saddle on. You did just, not girth it up. <laughs> oh no, I I girth. I oh, was able did? to girth up everything the day before. And then I go to put the saddle on and God love the Wintech because here's the thing. I, I was able to get the saddle pad on yesterday and put that on him. And this is a giant draft pony. I mean, he's huge. He's as wide as I am tall. He is so big. Um, but I got the the saddle on. I got the pad on yesterday and then I went to put the saddle on. Spookable! Okay, let's try that again. Put the saddle pad on. Go to put the saddle on or put your sheet apart. Spookable! And of course, every time he spooks and bolts, the saddle pad would fall off. And I was like, you know what? Screw the saddle pad. I have a wind tag. You got I'm your yoga training is what you got. Oh, God. I got So I got the saddle. I was like, forget the pad. We're not doing the pad yesterday. So I was like, and again, it is like I am drenched in sweat. You know, you girls, you can feel your boob sweat like pooling in your sports bra. Like it's like I'm sopping wet with sweat. It's so hot. It was like, I mean, I started when it was like 80 degrees. And by the time I finished, I think it was 95, like full sun, like crazy hot. So I finally got the saddle on. And I have a breast collar on. I was able to get the breast collar and the girth. And I actually long lined him yesterday. Now, there was no saddle pad on because I couldn't get both on at the same time. So I was like, let's just deal with that. Today, this morning, I got the pad and the saddle and the girth on the horse. And it only took about five minutes and three spook and bolts. So that was pretty good. A major improvement over 40 minutes. And now we're down to five minutes. And then I was able to introduce him to Buck the Bear, which is my ginormous teddy bear. And you know what? 
is really scary to a little gypsy horse, a ginormous teddy, teddy bear. bear. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up getting that on and off of him several times. I didn't strap it on. He wasn't ready for that yet, but <sighs> are you I'm flipping so- coins? Whether you or farm boy is going to ride him first. Oh, that coin was flipped a long time ago, my friend. I'm like, you are the, I was like, this is your best friend, Scout. You might as well get to know him. So I had him untack him yesterday or day before yesterday. And it has a surcingle yesterday. It has a surcingle on the saddle. And he undid the surcingle and went to reach over the horse's neck to grab it from the other side. Spank him out! (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was a bit much. (laughs) So I was able to take the surcingle off over his neck, which was pretty good. Um, But man, I mean, it just begs the question of like, what what the heck happened to this horse? (laughs) Exactly. And this, the, the owner of this horse is so lovely and that's it's it's kind of like taking your car to a mechanic if i took my car to a mechanic i would believe whatever they said because i don't know a whole ton about cars i don't know anything about cars and you can have it's just amazing what like to leave a horse in training for a year and not get anywhere. She says she was going through a lot of stuff when that happened. It was just easier to leave him there and like all this stuff, but like to have nothing to show from it aside from videos of a cowboy who's coming off of the horse who was subcontracted by the trainer to actually get on the horse. I mean, this is like, like, and, and I said, okay, so what is your goal at the end of 30 days? You know, cause he's here for 30 days. She's like, I would like to get on him and walk him around. And I was thinking, you get those other people a year and you're giving me 30 days. <laughs> oh my God. So I feel like the pressure of getting it done. And so, yes, we will continue to do some, right, but you get man, done what you can. Right. I mean, that's. I, I, you know, I, I, there's several times. The horse times, is only going to learn it as fast as the horse wants to learn it. So, And that's what I have to keep reminding myself because I have another horse in training who legit cannot pick up a right lead. Like when you're on him and, and my vet it's chiropractic and the saddle fit and all this. And my vet's like, he's just has no muscle. Like you just need to work on fitness with him and work on, but I keep trying to get that canter. And still to this day, after all these horses, I go, you know what? I'm going to have to train the horse, not please the owner. And so, yes, I, it's very like a Zen moment for me of like, you know what? I'm just going to do what the horse needs and just try to figure out what he, what, you know, like if, if I went from 40 minutes yesterday to five today, maybe tomorrow won't be an issue who or tomorrow. He's going to come on and be like, I've never seen that before in my life, which then you're like, are you learning disabled? Like what is happening? You know, so it's like super challenging to have a horse that I just, God, I just wish he would tell me what, you want get the animal communicator on the dang show, Glenn. I need to find out what happened. Oh, you know what? I forgot all about that. Yeah. You were supposed to, we were supposed, we're supposed to, to get one for Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, yeah. We were supposed to get one for Zeus. We did reach out to a couple who said no. <laughs> so they didn't want to come on the show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they didn't want to be sure. make a public spectacle out of it. And I'm like, well, that's what our show is. That's so what we, I've already made right. a public spectacle. That's what we want. We want a public spectacle. That's the whole but idea. Just this morning, I'm like, if you could hear the potty words I say to that horse on a daily <laughs> basis, because like just this morning I brought him in and I went to loop around. And as I'm walking around to close the back of the stall, whoosh, she opens the front of the stall. Does he run away? No, he just goes right to the feed cart and mm-hmm. helps himself. Yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> 
So I think the animal communicator would just say, listen, he's really telling me he's hungry. Yes. He's starving. He's hungry all the starving time. Starving You mistreat him. And- he loves you, but he's really <laughs> hungry and you need to feed him faster. So anyway, I'll, I'll, see, I'll keep you guys posted on this and you can watch uh, the videos on my Facebook page. I posted the one from this morning, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings on Facebook. Well, I this probably I know a lot of people are sick of hearing about the queen and the funeral and all of that stuff. But we did watch it. It was after our show on on uh, Monday, and Jennifer and I we watched one of the versions that was taped on YouTube. So it was like nine hours, and we fast forwarded through eight hours of it and watched the important parts. I don't know about you, but uh, that's how we did it. I had two most touching moments. The two moments, one that I cried and one that Jennifer cried. Okay, so okay, I'll give you the two moments. Well, Emma the Pony. I mean, everybody's seen the picture of Emma the Pony standing there watching the procession go by and watching the casket go by. And, of course, Emma was the pony that she rode most recently, actually. I really felt bad for – can't remember his name – the guy holding the pony who she used to ride with. Terry Pendry. Thank you. Yeah, Terry Pendry. I felt bad for Terry, too, because, I mean, he's ridden with her forever. He's been her yeah. trail riding companion, right? So, yeah, so he was in charge of, of the horses and the training and stuff. And she, she, it was, it was such a, again, that's when I cried. That's when Jennifer cried the, too. <laughs> the picture of Terry holding Emma while the casket went by and knowing then uh, what I found out later is that her headscarf that yes, she rode most recently in was yeah. on the back of the horse. Oh gosh. I just, I just couldn't. And again, yeah, he lost a friend, you know, yeah. he lost a lot. He always said, apparently he's an older gentleman and people always ask him, when are you going to retire? And yeah. He like, looks to be in his seventies at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would say, I'll retire when the queen re- stops riding. And so he just now went into retirement and just, that's the, that's, that's the gentleman that, when Monty and I did the demo, when when we had the movement and we did the demo for all the horses, we taught them to come to the mounting block. She apparently, Her Majesty, called Terry and said, "I want my horses to do this." <laughs> so she's the one he called if if she if she wanted something done. So um, yeah, it was it was really touching and heartbreaking. What was the time that you got? Uh, well, I'm a I love bagpipes. So uh, having gone to many Celtic festivals, and of course Renaissance fairs, and when the first service in the big church with all of the presidents and leaders there, I forget which one it was. It was the first service of the day, not the second service over at Windsor. They well, they also had a bagpiper there, but the service that's what got me is they had a bagpiper playing, and then he walked out of the church. So you're you, the, you're seeing the scene from inside the church, and you're hearing the bagpipe just slowly go way. And that got me. You know, that one. Yeah. That one got me. Um, but I did have to look up because there, there weren't, everybody noticed there were no horses pulling the coffin in this particular parade. And I looked up why, because I was curious about that. And I figured it had to do with horses being cantankerous and, you know, causing trouble. Well, it is exactly why, why this happened. Apparently, at Queen Victoria's funeral in 1901, her coffin was carried on a gun carriage, just like this one. Okay, just like happened the other day, through the streets of Windsor. But it was February, and it was a bitter cold day. And the horses, which were pulling the the gun carriage, panicked, reared up, and threatened to bolt. They apparently were just having a conniption. Uh, and the, what happened was it tilted the gun carriage, and the the coffin almost fell off. 
So that's not a scene you really want to happen uh, during a, a royal funeral, right? So what happened was there were some Navy guys that were standing there and they went in, got the horses under control. And apparently really quickly, somebody from the Navy asked, hey, look, can we just take the horses off? We'll put ropes on and we'll pull it through the parade. And I don't know if it was like who, who was left, who was in charge at that point, said, yes, do that. So that's what they did. They disconnected the horses and they pulled it, uh, the, rest of the way through the parade with the Navy guys, and that's how that tradition started. So the Navy has been the one to do that ever since. Uh, You know, that gun carriage with the coffin and everything weighs two and a half tons. It's heavier than you would think. But uh, yeah, that's how the Navy thing got started, and and the horses were out. (laughs) So um, it was exactly what you would think. What You know, we we really don't need that visual, right? So that's what it was. That started with Queen Victoria. All right, you have a clinic coming up. Do you have any spots left? I do. I have two spots left for the intro course for the Monty Roberts certification. You know, we do, we go through the books in the morning. It's classroom time. And then all afternoon is working horses. I only allow four, I only have four people in the clinic. So we have two signed up and we'll have two extra spots. Um, The... As far as housing goes, I've been getting a lot of questions about housing. So... Being that there's only four people, um, there are two two spots that are in the tiny home that is on our property. And it is like, you're going to stay in a room with another woman or, well, there's a woman in there now, so that would have to be a woman, uh, where you can stay in a single bed and slum it, but it's free. <laughs> or there is a hotel just a few miles down the street. Or you so can bring your own living quarters like we did. Or you can bring your own <laughs> living quarters like Glenn did. So there is a place to stay. The first one who calls up will get it um, if you want. But, this is how uh, long? It's how many days? It's two weeks. It's ten, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. yeah. October 23rd through November 4th. What I did last time was I did 10 days in a row as opposed to the Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday. But it's at the end of October and we could get rain. And as you guys all famously know, I do not have my covered arena yet. So I kind of use those days as buffers. Like, okay, if it rains on Wednesday, we'll go ahead and continue on Saturday. Just in case. I mean, it's a far cry from just even thinking about it raining, but it might rain by then uh, with our current drought situation. But um, that's the plan. It is $2,500 and it is the first step in getting your certification. And uh, And I assume there's a lot of horse work, you know, actual hands-on stuff too. Yes. So you have, we have a couple hours in the morning in the classroom, but then it is all day with the horses. And because there's only four people, everybody, you're going to, you're going to be so tired by the end of the day. It is awesome. Now we, we have the, okay, this is what we do to get certified in the course and the two people that are already signed up definitely want to go on to certification. The last clinic I had, I had three participants and none of them really wanted to get certified. They just wanted to be better. And this is join up. This is tacking. This is long lining. This is uh dually halter work. This trailer loading. It is lots of different things. But also if you have a specific question, like, Hey, my horse is hard to bridle or Hey, my horse is scared of plastic. You know, we can address all of those things as well. I'm not just limiting 
limiting it to just the course. I mean, I'm out there all day anyway. It's might as well have some company and talk horses. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the last one was really fun. And if you need references or you have any questions, the, the two Marys were participants in their, their auditors and, and they're happy to help uh, answer any questions, I'm sure. So um, if you want to come, just email me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com and uh, we'll get you signed up and get started. Sounds it's going to be awesome. I'm Sounds excited. Good. Well, one of the things you want to do if you go to the clinic or if you don't go to the clinic is wear a helmet. And right now, we haven't even talked about this yet. It's National Safety Awareness Week. So and they branched up. They left helmet awareness. And they're like, no, we just need everybody to be yeah, safe. That's right. So it, if you head over to statelinetac.com right now, you're going to see a big banner says National Safety Awareness Week. If you click on the shop, the sale, they have a whole bunch of helmets and vests and all kinds of safety, anything to do with safety, they have it uh, right now, and they have a lot of it on sale. Uh, you know, those vests aren't aren't cheap, right? So if you can get a if you can get a sale on a vest, uh, that's something that you want to do. But I also i i I have a few helmets, and I've had to get rid of a few because I tend to keep them. Like I had the leather Troxel Cheyenne helmet, the one that was you know all the really cool leather. And um, it was like eight years old and Jennifer made me throw it away finally. So I don't have that one anymore. <laughs> but they also, one of the ones I saw was really cool color. Troxel's good at colors. Uh, the Liberty Schooling Helmet in red. I really like that one. So anyway, they have that on sale for 56 bucks. If you head on over there right now, you're going to find a whole bunch of different helmets, uh, safety vests, uh, six or seven different kinds of safety vests. Which brand do you have? Safety vest. Oh gosh, I use Charles Owen, and yeah. they have this okay. new one that has all these like vented holes in it. And so I always had the Charles Owen basic one, um, but this one is supposed to be a lot more breathable. And I have noticed that I stink a lot less after I take it off because, like <laughs> the other one, I mean, you have a vest and you ride in cross country, and then you put it in your tack trunk, tack box, and then you pull it out. I wear this one all the time, so the stink factor can be pretty high. But it's not with this one. I really like it. There you like go. The Alexa or something like that. I don't know. Well, you're going to find a bunch of them right now. And remember, this only happens this week. So get your orders in over at statelinetac.com. This horse health segment is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. I'm pleased to welcome to the show Wendy Murdoch from Surefoot Pads and uh, the Murdoch Method. Wendy, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always happy to talk to you guys. Well, I, you know, when I was dealing with some stuff with uh, multiple horses, <laughs> medical stuff, um, working on getting fitness and working on getting strength and balance, my veterinarian suggested, have you ever heard of these Surefoot Equine Stability Pads? I was like, yes, yes, I have. She was like, you need to get some of those for your horses and, and explained how to use them. And then I went on and watched the videos and everything. So what I want you to do is in case people have not listened to the dressage radio show, which of course you're an awesome sponsor of just explain what the system is. Awesome. Yeah, sure. So Surefoot is something I discovered actually it's over 10 years ago now. And it happened kind of on, a, on a simple experiment where I had a horse that was appearing lame in the right hind leg. And I was talking to Dr. Harmon on the phone because I was going to see the horse the next day. And we were talking about how they were putting dogs on different kinds of pads for rehabilitation. And I asked her if she thought it would work for a horse. And she said, I don't know, but time it for 15 seconds. 
So I'm like, okay. So I grabbed something out of my shed and I drove to the lesson and the woman was on the horse and I walk over and I stick this pad underneath the horse's right hind foot and I time it for 15 seconds and he walked off sound in 15 seconds. But it completely changed my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was so amazing. And I just did several horses that day and saw these same changes. And so what I realized was that, you know, it's so important to take care of the hoof and make sure it's trimmed, it doesn't have thrush, you know, it's properly balanced. But we tend to not think of it as a sensory organ the way your hands are or your, your, your eyes or your mouth. It's a sensory organ in that we can actually put information through that sensory organ of a foot and go directly to the brain. And so um, over time, like I came up with the surefoot pads there it's a graded system so you start with hard firm medium actually soft and medium it's a graded system of of unstable surfaces and the whole idea is that when the horse stands on these unstable surfaces he reorganizes his balance his behavior and his movement and what's so what you know like i've I've been doing this now for a long time and of course it's a bell curve not every horse is going to want to stand on surefoot pads and some horses won't get off right but the typical horse you pick up their foot you place it on the pad it's really important to give them permission to move off because if they move off they've lost their balance right Mm-hmm. And so you allow them to move. Um, it, you don't force them to stand on it. It's not training. It's an offer. And it, and you're saying to the horse, hey, would you like to stand on this pad? And again, you start with the harder pad for greater stability, and then you move toward the softer ones. Because um, what I find is that we overestimate the horse's balance and stability. We tend to think of, oh, yeah, my horse is fine. Um, And actually, a lot of the behaviors or training issues that we see are related to how the foot meets the ground. And it's just like, you know, for for people, we um, go to physical therapy, and when we have to rehabilitate, say, a knee or something like that, they'll have you stand on a graded balance system, starting with the harder ones and moving to the softer ones to, to develop strength, but also proprioception. And proprioception is knowing where you are in space. It's the sensors that perceive how we're organized. It's what keeps you from running into the walls at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your proprioception or walking downstairs. So basically what I discovered is that so much of what we think of as behavior problems is actually balance problems. And when the horse, when you use surefoot, the horse becomes more grounded, more stable and more secure, which means that in movement, he's going to use the ground more effectively. So he's going to jump better. He's going to perform better. He's going to be able to, you know, push off better. Um, Because if that foot isn't meeting the ground in a really solid way, Think of like um, Michael Jordan. He has to really use the ground properly to do a big jump, right? A horse going over a jump has to use the ground. But if the horse isn't, and it's not a question of the trimming, but the function, right? Um, Then it's going to affect performance. So horses have habits just like we do. And those habits can be formed by poor fitting tack, um, an unbalanced rider, a kick in the field, an injury, And when you have a habit that forms due to one of these causes, unless you address it, you maintain it. So I don't know if you've ever hurt your knee and then you start limping and then you're walking funny. And then, you know, somebody says, Hey, did you know you're limping? And you're like, 
No, I had no idea, right? Because it becomes so familiar to you, you don't notice it. And that's the same thing with horses, um, is that they can develop patterns and then those are affecting performance. With the surefoot pads, when you use the surefoot pads, what happens is it like resets the system. I've seen so many horses where the change is so rapid, it's kind of like rebooting your computer and just restoring it back to the operating system that it came with. Um, I've seen so many, so many amazing things with Surefoot um, that it's, you know, that's why I'm still doing, I'm just so fascinated and it's like, wow, how how did it happen? But you obviously have some experience with, with the Surefoot pads that you've been doing with your horse. Uh, Yes. Yes. So I've had several horses that came and what it's so funny. So many of the words that you said were exactly what my veterinarian said, which was proprioception and some balance and stability and how they it's what's so interesting to me is the permission to, like you said, to let the horses get off the pads. So you put there, you know, I like start with the front leg and I put the front leg on it and then I'll put the other one on and they'll stand there 15 seconds and then move off. I'm like, okay, cool. Because it's not something you have to force your horse to do within moments. My, my horse, Peter, uh, he, within probably a week, I couldn't get him off of him. It was like, Oh, here it comes. <laughs> He's like, and he would just stand there. It was amazing. And he was like, no, I don't want to, I like, I would be like, time to go to the arena. Let's go, let's move. And he was like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm cool. I'm cool. And, and the thing that I didn't mention that you clearly brought up is the level of relaxation that we see in these horses. And, you know, so many horses uh, there, they have a level of stress that we don't recognize. It's an underlying level of stress. Right. And, you know, we know when they get an ulcer and that sort of thing, but what we tend to not realize is that so often it's the little bit of stress that keeps them from doing what we want. It's not that they don't understand. It's that this, they're a little, they have some anxiety about something or learning something new or doing something different or something they've been doing for a while, but it's, it has a little bit of stress. And when we reduce that stress, they're like, Oh sure. I can get on the trailer. Oh sure. I can do a children. Oh sure. I can, you know, um, do what you're asking because it's this, it's the anxiety and the stress that's actually blocking them, not the understanding. And that's one of the things that Sherfoot has shown me so beautifully for so many years. I had a Grand Prix dressage rider in Germany and I went to see um, him and show him Sherfoot, an elegant rider, beautiful mayor, beautiful. And I was like, I'm here to show you what Sherfoot can do. So I started with the pads and he was on the horse and he continued to ride. And when he got done, what he said was, I no longer have to train my horse. I simply get to ride. And, and I was like, wow, that's like, you know, when the horse found her own balance because of the pads, he didn't have to deal with the training issue that he was dealing with all the time because it was a balance issue. And once we brought the awareness to the horse through the pads, the problem was gone. And this was in an hour, right? I mean, it's, so I've seen changes that have happened so rapidly. It's just crazy. And not every horse is going to have instant change. And I have horses that have been standing on pads for six years now and still love it. They may not want it every day. It's like you offer, would you like pads today? And they might say no, but it's a great way to kind of see how your horse is doing. Um, a lot of them will have opinions about which pad and which foot once they have a voice. Um, 
And I have, I don't know if you know Felicitas von Neumann-Cossell, who's a Grand Prix dressage trainer in Maryland. She, I went and showed her a demo once and she was like, that's nice. And then she got a horse in for training that, um, she, all of her knowledge wasn't working. And so she called me and she said, can you come and do the surefoot with the horse? I'm like, fine. So I went and I worked with the horse and the owner was so generous. She bought a set of pads and left the horse in training with Felicitas and left the pads. And Felicitas was like amazed at what they could do. And then she started using them more with her horses. And then I went back one time and she said, I've reduced the number of horses in training so that I can put every horse on pads every day before I ride. Wow. So they can be your warm up. I know it's like so cool. Yeah. Then that's what my vet said was it's a great warm up, you know, to you put them on the pads while you're grooming. So say I've never seen this before and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. What is the type of horse that you recommend these pads? Are they performance horses? Are they barn? Just, just what type of horse would benefit the best from the pads? You know, any horse can benefit from Surefoot because there's so many different things that it can do. And this is where, you know, like I've talked to a lot of researchers and universities and stuff about doing studies. And the problem is there's so many effects. How do you narrow it down so you can do a study? Um, so let's take your, your um, I'm at a, right now I'm at a riding school and they got in a horse and he's a little Arab and he was a little bit uncertain about things. And so We've shown him Surefoot, and so he can relax. So they use Surefoot pads with their school horses before the riders get on so the horses are relaxed. Okay? Um, warm up, cool down. Uh, I had a woman in Australia who got her pads. She was a physical therapist, and she went to the Shahrazad uh, 400K endurance ride. She did two minutes at the rest checks with the horses. And she, they came in in better condition than she had seen in the previous six years. Just two minutes at the rest checks. So um, what you want your horse to get, you know, I don't recommend you start out at a competition, okay? You want to get your horse familiar with the pad book at home where, you know, it's a safe environment and all that sort of stuff. And I walk through all that in the quick start guide that's available for free. It's on my website, Surefoot Equine. Um, but warm up, cool down, um, Taking trailering your horse is really stressful for a lot of horses. So before you trailer them, and then when you get to some place, you know, that bumpy road has a lot of stress. So you can put the horse on the pads when you get to your destination to help them relax. Like a competition horse going to a competition, they trailer a long distance. Um, one of the other things that, that is an unmeasurable benefit is the connection that you get with your horse from offering them surefoot. And I'm sure you've seen that your horses are like, Oh, you're bringing me the pads. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Right. They'll start dragging people over the pads. So there's, there's that relationship piece. It's immeasurable. And, um, I can't tell you how many horses, the total stranger horses. I don't know. And I just start with them and they, after a few minutes, they'll stop and they'll just put their feelers on me and they'll just feel me. And it's like, thank you. And it's, I, I, that's my favorite part. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, before we let you go, um, we'll run out of time, but I want to mention the safari that you're going to do. Oh yeah. Awesome. So we have sure foot pads on safari. We've taken them there and they have, I was going to ask you about that. Are you going to yeah. like, you're going to ride across Africa looking at all the animals and be like, mm, take a break. Let's put the pads on. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we're going in September 2023. We have some slots left. It's 
a fantastic ride. It's horseback or vehicle. You don't have to ride. Um, it's, it's bespoke. So in other words, this is true safari. It's mobile tented camp with coffee served in your tent every morning, full bar, um, hot water bottle in your bed at night. Um, you know, delicious, exquisite meals. You can't believe it. It's like, I always tell people about the food and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they get there and they're like, you weren't kidding. I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. It's on a charcoal uh, fire and a charcoal oven, and but it's amazing food. And the game has, it's incredible because of COVID the game has come back because there hasn't been as many people there. And we go during the great migration, which is the largest land animal migration in the world. It's wildebeest. And last time we saw 2 million wildebeest, we came over a little rise and looked out and there they were. Um, so it's, it's an amazing ride. I, you know, I, I can't say enough positive things about it. And if anybody wants to go with me, they can just reach out and, contact me and we'll get them some information but yeah and how do they how do they contact you it looks amazing it's just just one of those like high class kind of ride across oh, yeah. africa like <laughs> how do people find it's out more? for sure yeah because <laughs> um, it's very british you know we have we have china <laughs> um they can reach out at me at wendy at wendymurdoch.com or go to murdochmethod.com my website so they can email me i'm on facebook murdoch method or um uh, personally, Wendy Murdoch um, or Surefoot. We have fans of Surefoot on Facebook, which is where people put their their Surefoot success stories and ask questions and stuff. So, if people are interested more about Surefoot, just join the fans of Surefoot. And I ha- it's such a fantastic group, and everybody's so helpful and chimes in and and is supportive. So that's a great place for people interested in learning yeah, about that. I'm a member uh, of that page, and people you you can go on and ask questions. It's a very helpful welcoming Facebook page, which is few and far between. Yeah. I love my fans out there. They are so fantastic. And it's just, it's, it makes me smile every time I think about them because they're so supportive. Yeah. So just, you know, go to murdochmethod.com and you can find out more about Safari. It's in the upper tab. Um, and then surefootequine.com is our Surefoot page, which has uh, tons of information in the quick start video. Um, and they can they can email us from there as well. Wendy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you on. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for your support of the Horse Radio Network. Oh, you're welcome. It's, I just love talking with Reese and Philip. We have such a good time. <laughs> Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have in our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine and find the formula that is perfect for your equine partner. And Scooter does Daily Dose Equine, and he looks better this year than he ever has, I gotta tell you. He looks really good. He's really svelte right now. So, DailyDoseEquine.com is where you can find it. You can also order it at Chewy and have it delivered, just like Chewy delivers everything. So, that's one good way to get it anywhere in the country. Uh, But you can find all the details about the products at DailyDoseEquine.com. Well, now it's time for study show for September 2022. What I do here is I take a look at... uh, Google, and I search for anything that says studies show over the last month, so we can take a look at what we're all collectively wasting our money on. <laughs> and some you of the to stu- sift through all the 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 COVID yeah, stories, we don't out. do those. Nope. Okay, throw those out. I 
throw out most of the health ones unless they're funny. Uh, and it's just amazing how we waste our money in this world because we know the answers to most of these. So what I'm going to do is read the titles to you, Jamie, and you're going to have to guess either the blank parts or the end of, of each of these okay. titles for studies show. And you can play okay. along at home too. First one, studies show that fast food is blank for your gut microbiome. Uh, terrible. Correct. Duh. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. It is terrible. You know what? I, I, that one was too obvious. Just ask me that one again. Okay. Studies show that fast food is blank for your gut microbiome. So incredibly healthy. You're absolutely right, Jamie. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> we spent that money on that, easy. determining yeah. that that was true. <laughs> Hey, guess what? Fast food is bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Duh. You Stun- know, I know that because I eat fast food and then I'm sick for like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Studies show that hotter days lead to more or less crime. Hotter days. I was going to go with something completely inappropriate, but then you said crime. I would say less crime because who wants to get outside and oh, break stuff? You and- got that one wrong. It's more crime. People are what? grumpy and they're hot. and I think you have to throw cities into that one. You have to think about cities in that one. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah, we got one wrong. That might be a first. Studies show that children do or don't believe everything they're told. You can answer this one correctly. Oh, my God. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They actually did a study that shows that children don't believe everything that they're told. A big surprise there. Big surprise. Anybody has kids could have told you that. Studies show that laughter. It's like my brain just go goes the right obvious. To the, uh, the laughter may, is good for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's oh, what this God. study showed. That laughter is the best medicine. See, here's the problem with knowing that we have children that listen yes. to this podcast. Yes. Is it makes me in. in Ordinately clean and just know in my head there's one word that keeps floating to the top and I can't say it. Go ahead. <laughs> we all know. We're with you on that one. But yeah, I mean, I, so anyway, it's good you're all listening to this show because apparently we're your best medicine right here. Studies show that what percent of people have only kissed one person? Well, I mean, obviously I'm married and he was my first kiss. <laughs> Uh, well, that was a really cackling <laughs> laugh you just did. I feel offended by that. Um, there is a large number of individuals that have only kissed one person. Um, I would say at least out of a hundred percent of people that have kissed somebody, it's at least three percent. Oh, you're darn close. Five percent. I've only oh, one look person. at me! You were close. I'm impressed. Nobody asked me. <laughs> Study. This is like that's like one of those Family Feud. We yes, surveyed 100 it people, is. and how many people have only kissed one person? Exactly, it is true. Studies show that people. Oh, we what what what's one thing we always have every single time? Coffee or wine? Coffee. Yep. Here's okay. coffee. Studies show that people who drink coffee before going shopping spend more or less. 
Now, uh, yes, I can't believe that's a study either, but apparently it was. Who would do that? Like, why would you do <laughs> that know. study? You know I what? Know. I have a question. Yeah. I would like to know if when amped up on caffeine, do I buy more or save more? I don't know. Let's find out. Well, let me see. You just paid $9 for a stupid cup of Starbucks <laughs> coffee. So clearly your boundaries are limited. So I would say they spend more. Yes, you are correct again. Yes. that's I, First of all, who came up with that study and why? Why did we come up with that study? It was like somebody lost a bet. Well, you know like, why? This way you have to study. Because we've done a million coffee studies, and they're really stretching down against coffee. <laughs> to into me, a study. the answer to every coffee study is yes, it makes you poop. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's right. Uh, studies show... Oh, this is one involving animals. As a matter of fact, weird news, I think you said today, involves animals a lot. Uh, I'm doing only animal stories and weird news okay. today. Well, this is an animal story, and I saw this in many places. It wasn't just one place. Studies show that there are more or less ants than people. Dude, I just saw this weird <laughs> news story. There's like 40 bazillion, gajillion ants in the world. That's correct. There are 2.5 million times more ants than people. Now, I don't Did know who counted the all the ants. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. They're like, mm, they're making a, a then, guesstimation here. Can you here. imagine you get to 2 million and you lose count, you know? Like, oh, damn, I got to start over. Start. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brady, line up. Line up. The other... Uh, you know, health-related studies are ones that we get a lot of, too. So I got two of those. Studies show that walking in nature... Let me go back to the ant thing. Hold yes. on. So <laughs> do you think that they're like, okay, listen, we've got Jim back here who is a complete jerk and nobody likes him. What is the weirdest, hardest thing we could possibly... Get? You know what, Jim? We have an assignment for you. <laughs> we need you to go out and count all the ants. Ants. Like, that's your job. In my yard alone, I probably have a, a million, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like... Jim, listen. <laughs> Get to work and count the ants. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Studies show woods. that walking in nature does what? It uh, improves your... Uh, demeanor and yes, health. That's correct. It reduces stress. That's correct. Yep, uh, yep, yep. We didn't need a study for that. A new study just confirmed that the target we all shoot for, that 10,000 steps per day, is that a good goal or not? So when I first moved here to Oklahoma, there was a campaign on the radio and it was like a, one of those like PSAs that comes out that the radio station has to do a certain, as a radio station, you have to do a certain amount of like charitable airtime things and this was one of those and the commercial said and i know i told you this glenn was ladies and gentlemen uh we're gonna ask you to move for 30 minutes a day just move for 30 minutes a day that was the message that was being sent out to the people of oklahoma who does not move for 30 minutes a day. We're always people. Maybe we have higher amounts than others, but like move for 30 minutes a day. Now, Chad and I both got step counters. He's an airline pilot. He drives three hours to the airport, yeah, he, sits down yeah. and flies all day and then drives home. So I, I'm like, what's your step count? And he's like, whew, because I was like, airports are big. You walk a lot. He'll be like, I got 3,246 steps today. <laughs> he's like, how'd you do? And I'm like, I got 19,247. <laughs> that's not riding. That's just walking around doing things. So I would say that 10,000, um, 
I would say that that's pretty on on target. It, it and the study did show that uh, it's actually spot on for improving health and staving off a number of life threatening illnesses. They Look said, at me knew yes, it. Yes, they said ten thousand is the is the magic number. Actually, they said it was made up. Everybody used it. It wasn't a real number. No, there were no studies that really showed that. It was just kind of a made up number. But they said it actually is a pretty good number. Studies so. show a non-study turned yes. out to be a study. Go ahead. All right. This is the dumbest study yet because we all know this is true, uh, especially us horse people. Studies show that concussions may affect I'm not even going wow. to, I won't even have you guess this. I want to read it because it's so ridiculous. Studies show that con- concussions may affect academic performance at school. Scientists reporting in the Journal of Injury Prevention found that adolescents who experienced a concussion in the last 12 months could be 25% more likely to have a poor academic standing than youths who, youths who have no concussions. No that's kidding. That's happened to me. Okay, cool. I fell off <laughs> that was one your too fault. many horses. That was your, that's what your problem was, yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> my was head. It. it was your head. You got bonked one too many times. So for all of you people who are still in school not doing well because you're a horse girl and don't give a crap, just say you've been hit in the head. Wear your helmet. Yeah, just... It's International Safety Awareness Week. Right. Buy some... Some things. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. And these are not stories that I found today. These are stories that were submitted to me by our listeners. If you see a story and you're like, whoa, that's really weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, and you will be on here much like Glenn, who sent me the first one. Jennifer, Rachel, Matt, April, Casey, Laureen, Allison, and Jessica. I got And I got multiple stories from some of you. So I do have plenty if I run out next week. If nobody sends me any, I've got a ton because what I did today was with so many interesting animal ones that I decided to just focus on those. And let's start with what happens in Texas. Okay. What is the most popular team, sporting team in Texas, Glenn? The Cowboys, and I used to be a huge Cowboys fan. Dallas Cowboys. Them people's crazy, okay? But a celebration ensued after the Cowboys pulled off a Excellent, phenomenal, oh, shocking, dramatic 20 to 17 victory against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday in Arlington. So, uh, what does one dude do? He's like, man, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride. I mean, how Texas can you get? I'm going to take my horse and I'm going to dye its tail blue and I'm going to ride it. Where, Glenn? Oh, this Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) <laughs> so, yes, uh, the man was uh, donned a Dak Prescott, Prescott jersey and a white cowboy hat and can see be seen in the video purchasing a blue plastic bucket, riding his horse through the Walmart aisles. Now, oh, uh, in the no, Walmart. In the Walmart. Oh, not he to the Walmart. In the Walmart. <laughs> in the Walmart. And, uh, yes, he rode his that horse in Walmart. allowed in Texas, actually. <laughs> There's a video on Yahoo Sports of him just literally riding this horse around. Like, uh, you can see him in the clothing aisle of the, <laughs> the Walmart. And everybody was started videoing, and nobody asked him to leave. So he actually <laughs> was Texas. totally fine. Like, he didn't get in trouble at all. They were like, yeah, it's Texas. Whatever. Cool. All right. Awesome. He likes the Cowboys. He can stay. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, 
Uh, we're going to go to Arizona now from Texas uh, because deputies had, uh, they said they had their animal wrangling skills tested when there were reports of an animal terrorizing people at their home. Okay, terrorizing is the word that they used on the news. Uh, and this is from Arizona Family uh, Facebook w- w- website. Apparently, there was a rogue goat. I mean, if you think of vicious animals, what do you think of, Glenn? A goat. They have so many stupid puns in this article that I'm trying to skip over them, but it's really hard. But they named him Billy. And somebody ended up jumping on Billy and like getting a like a rope around his neck. And you know what Billy did, Glenn? What <laughs> Billy do? He peed on him. That's right. (laughs) He peed on the officer. The sheriff's office said that Billy is now facing charges that include trespassing, assault, criminal damage, and disorderly conduct. Or at least he would if he wasn't a goat. (laughs) Can I read you the stupidest line in the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, I need to hear it. Arizona family was also told that Billy is having trouble retaining an attorney. He's just always butting heads. Oh my God, <laughs> shut up. Ugh, carry on. I like that one, actually. <laughs> We're going to go to Danville, I like when Illinois. cops have a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, this was the, the yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually like reading the tweets. That wasn't a tweet from the police department. That was literally just somebody who like probably just started at the paper. And they're like, let's see what you can do with this one. Uh, Danville, Illinois, there was there's an animal park. I don't know if it's a park, a breeder. It's a farm. And they apparently somebody eight weeks ago, trespassers broke a fence in this enclosure that held animals. And over 40 of the animals escaped from this farm. Most were relocated except for one. He was seen across Danville, but couldn't be caught. He survived by eating bugs and leaves and grass, and he was finally caught on Griffin Street. That's right. They were able to wrangle the lone rogue emu. That's right. <laughs> they probably are hard to wrangle, actually. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Kitty, 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 kitty. Yeah. Kitty, 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 kitty. They get okay. pretty big, too. <laughs> What's awesome is there's photographs of, like, this emu just, I don't know, walking down the street. What's up? <laughs> Y'all, peace. There's an emu farm over near the World Equestrian Center. Must have 80 of them. Uh, yeah. There, yeah, yeah. They have big high fences. <laughs> they must work together with this farm in Danville, yeah, <laughs> Illinois. You have another one? Yeah, one more. So you know you're having a birthday party for your two year old, and you know, every parent comes with a two year old when you're having a party, and it was a nice birthday party for a child in West Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. And they have like the blow up machine. And then they've got like this table full of cupcakes and everybody's outside with their little two year old. And Laura Durst, who was the hosting the party looked over and somebody was sniffing one of her guests hair had snuck up behind her and was (laughs) sniffing her hair. No, it's not Joe Biden. It was actually, <laughs> it was actually 
<laughs> I added that part. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was it was a giant bear, Glenn. It was not gonna lie, it was a bear springing into action. The adults grabbed their babies. They grabbed their children. They ran them to Holy the cars. Crap. How'd you like they to turn around and see that sniffing your hair? Yeah, I mean, imagine she's like, I I'm having a lovely birthday party. Oh, but everybody got killed because there was a giant bear. So everybody grabbed their babies, took them into the garage. Some hid in their cars. They were honking their horn, yelling at the bear, trying to scare it away. Because it was bear, eating all the cupcakes. Bear don't care. Guess where the bear went? Right over There's to the that cupcakes. dessert table. Right. And it's a birthday party. There's cake. Out the cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it it finished the entire beautiful, probably like Pinterest friendly yes. collection <laughs> yes. of stacked cupcakes that were designed for the individual. Because now you do cupcakes, Glenn, because you know you don't want to like have a kid blowing on a cake because of COVID. So everybody has their own cupcake and then the kid has this cupcake. So there's like a whole table of a beautiful spread of cupcakes and the bear uh, was unfazed by the people honking the horn and screaming and running and grabbing their babies and running in the house. No, what did they do? They ended up having to wait until he left on his own. He finished everything. He's like, sweet. I'm thirsty now. I'm gonna go get some water. <laughs> and like left. I, I don't know. It doesn't say how long he was there, but it was apparently enough time for him to make his way through every dessert. Yeah, I think I'd let him go too. <laughs> and for all of you that are now mad that we talked anything about politics or made a political joke, you can email Jamie at Horse Radio Network. It's about time. <laughs> That was pretty well placed, though. That was it caught me off guard. <laughs> I just do things to make you laugh. That's all that matters. That was very funny. <laughs> if you see a story in the news and you're like, dude, that's so weird, send it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> and well, everybody, some people have been sending me surveys too that are weird. So thank you for that. Appreciate that. Hey, in the Auditor Post Show, I'm going to give you a couple childhood memories. Plus, I have an announcement I need to make to the Auditor. So we'll do that in the Post Show. In the meantime, tomorrow, we have the Sales and Breeding episode with uh, Kayla and Emily. We'll be back for that. And they have an announcement to make, too. Things are going to be changing up a little bit. So look forward to that tomorrow. And then Friday is really bad ads day. Get your ads in to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Have a great day, everybody. All right, spade, neuter, gill. Watch out for bears. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. I always play that now that we have kids that listen. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, so a couple things. One announcement, uh, I posted it in the auditor room yesterday, but not all of you may have seen it, and that is we're trying to bring Radiothon back this year, but it's going to be a little bit different. Um, we are working on the details now. I still need to get a title sponsor. That's going to need to happen if we're going to do this at all. So I'm working on that right now. Uh, it's going to be the Sunday, not the Monday like we usually do. We usually do Cyber Monday, the Monday after Thanksgiving. We're going to do the Sunday after Thanksgiving so more people can tune in live. We're going to do it by video, StreamYard this time, so it lends itself to video. So we have that technology now, so we can do that. We'll also still put it out on audio after. It's only going to be six hours, so it's going to be from 3 in the afternoon Eastern Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and we're just going to mix it up a little bit how we do how we do the whole thing to make it easier with less moving parts, especially with video. 
so uh, we're, I, I, matter of fact, Jamie, remind me, I need to talk to you about that right after the show. Yeah, clearly <laughs> I'm just learning about this. <laughs> so uh, we still need to get the sponsors lined up. Uh, you guys were giving me ideas yesterday on the theme for this year. So we'll be deciding on that as well. We got a lot of things to put in place and trying to get prizes lined up and stuff like that. Uh, but also start to think about your voicemails. We need songs. We need uh, poems, things, uh, you know, things to play during during the whole event. Uh, and having it be video is going to add a, a little bit more fun to it, I hope. Uh, and uh, we might have a new special co-host for it, too. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to make that announcement soon. Did I get well. fired and I don't know it? And you're like <clears throat> no, you know how Wendy used me? to spend the whole time with me? Yeah, uh, that person, because I, I don't think Wendy can do it. So there, there's going to be somebody new for that. I have plans for you. Don't worry. Um, I have God. <laughs> and uh, we uh, somebody I always ask for ideas for Wednesday's post show. And who was it? Flossie came up and said hey, some childhood memories. I have two for you. And I think I might have talked about these years ago, but it's been a long time. So when I was 10 and my brother was eight, I have three four boys in the family. So we, we, my parents took us to Disney. It was after Disney World had first opened. The only thing there was like one, two hotels and the campground. And we were campers, so we stayed at the campground. Well, just like today, to get from the campground to Magic Kingdom, you took a boat. So we took the boats over and we spent all day at the Magic Kingdom, all four boys, and me and my little brother. Again, I was 10, he was eight. Uh, we at, my parents wanted to go back about nine o'clock to the camper, which we thought was absolutely ridiculous because there was a parade at midnight and fireworks, and we wanted to stay for that. This shows you how different things were. They said, sure, just don't miss the boat. So at 10 and 8, we stayed till 1 in the morning at Magic Kingdom and caught the last boat back. Now, I got to say, they were kind of freaked out because we, we didn't get in until about 1.30 in the morning. Uh, they were a little bit freaked out. That was pre obviously pre-cell phone days. So, but we got back. Can you imagine a parent doing that today? No, <laughs> I just got like <laughs> massive anxiety with you even talking about it. <clears throat> we had a blast. We watched the parade. I, I have fond memories. It's probably one of the only things I remember from 10 years and old and earlier. I don't remember much, but that's one of my fondest memories is, is all the th things we got to do. But that's how different it was. And it wasn't I, like even a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I would like to say I did have, I do have fond childhood memories. It's just like when she asked about childhood memories, it's like a flood of like, now I need to go to a therapist. So thanks, Flossie, for <laughs> making me reach down into the depths of my childhood memories and coming up with like, just trying to come up with something that I could tell. Um, I've got a horse show one I can tell you. Would you like a childhood memory? Yeah, that at least involves a horse. Mine aren't going to involve horses, so. <laughs> well, I just, I, I showed hunters all growing up and I had a chestnut thoroughbred his name was Marche and he was, I had him from the age of 10 till when I was 28 years old. He was my, he was my everything. He was my life. Um, I have a particular fondness for plain old chestnut thoroughbreds. And so I had him and I, for some reason, we decided to do an ek equitation class. I'd never done equitation. He was a low hunter, which is three foot. We just kick around, do three foot hunters, perfect 12 foot stride, light lead change. I mean, he was awesome. But my trainer was like, let's do the equitation class. Let's make something harder. And I remember you don't get to walk the course in the hunters. You just kind of look at the map and you go. And I had to do cantering down the side, do a rollback to a hay bale jump. It was like 
natural wood poles, but there was hay stacked in front of it. And I, I remember the moment where I make a right turn off of that rail and I start my beautifully timed rollback to the hay bale jump and my horse, God rest his soul, stopped. And I jumped the fence perfectly, uh, but he did not. And so uh, he's- <laughs> Did you land on the, your feet? <laughs> the, oh God, no, no. And I remember looking up and seeing my trainer John Abbott come running uh, out towards me and then he passed, he passed me and ran right to my horse because my horse at that point was knee deep in hay bales, oh. eating them while I was <laughs> laying on the ground. And of course, the sight of a John Abbott was like six, six, right? So he like was running out and the sight of that made my horse then spook who ran backwards, but was in the midst of the hay bales and they actually popped all the hay bales exploded. The strings broke with his feet and I'm like hooked on his shoe. It was a big mess. And anyway, hay goes everywhere. Horses running around. I was that girl from a very young age. Okay. Thank you. And the hay bales. And the next thing I hear is I'm like, I'm getting up alone because my mom didn't go. I think my mom was sitting in a car or something. Uh, I'm brushing hay off and I hear over the announcement, we're going to have to take a 15 minute break in the hunter ring. And uh, if we could get some hay bales brought up here, <laughs> they had to rake and clean and drag the whole arena because my horse deposited hay from the stupid hay bale jump. Blue opened like two bales. There's hay everywhere. And you want to talk about the dang walk of shame. I mean, catching a horse who's happily got a mouthful of hay as they're announcing that they have to take a 15 minute break, which makes everybody mad at me because they're already warmed up standing at the gate and they have to rake it up and then bring more hay bales up because my horse, I'm like guilty as my horse is like got hay stuck in his noseband. <laughs> He's been eating so ferociously. So that was a horse related childhood memory that I could tell you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I have one more. Uh, I don't know if th th this is memorable, and I know I've talked about this one before, but again, I think it's been a long time. We did this thing. I don't know if, if – I don't think high schools still do this, but in, in, in my day, you had an adventure week. So basically, you could choose your adventure, and you had no school that week, but you had to choose one of the prescribed 50 different adventures. Oh, wow. And some of That's... them were you got to play volleyball all week, or you got to be, you know, play baseball all week. And, you know, it was very immersive week, uh, whatever you did. A lot of them were trips, you know, different places. Well, I was friend with Hank Shepherdson, who's still my friend today. He was a teacher then. Uh, and we worked together after that in the investment business when he quit teaching. So he's still, I talked, we saw him on the trip. Um, so he ran a trip caving. So every year during this adventure week, he would take about 10 kids caving, or actually it was more than that. It was probably 40 that or 50 is, kids at caving. At this point, now you would never get a dude to take a bunch of other dudes into a cave. Well, there were girls too. I mean, this was, this was a, you know, this was a whole bunch of people and there were probably four or five chaperones there uh, because there were a lot of kids. We, and when we, we did caving all week, we went in different caves in West Virginia all week long, which was the coolest experience. But 
the one day, you, we all broke up into groups of about 10, and what the idea was, and some of these caves were pretty long and pretty narrow and had situations you had to get through, and you were supposed to keep tabs on the group in front of you. Well, our group, for some reason, ended up without a leader, and we lost the group in front of us, and we Uh-oh. lost the group behind us. So we were, and the thing about these caves is they have lots of different passages. So we didn't know. What could possibly go wrong? Let's put a bunch of (laughs) teenagers in a cave. I have never been that scared. We were pretty scared because we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to backtrack. We didn't know how to go forward because of all the different turns there were. We didn't know where they went. Uh, And finally, we just decided we need to stay here until somebody comes back. And that's what we did. And we sat there for two hours until another group came back and found us. Uh, but yeah, so, and we were worried about, you know, our lamps running out and all different kinds of stuff. So we'd have one lamp on and turn all the other lamps off. And we just sat there for two hours. Uh, so anybody's claustrophobic, I apologize. I should have warned, made a trigger warning. God, I'm like a panic attack (laughs) listening to this Yeah, but that was one of my most scary moments, uh, uh. I, I don't think they did caving after that. <laughs> the group trip for school. But I, that was the coolest thing. We got to do that every year. It was different. And I did caving twice, actually, two years in a row. <clears throat> so you did it they don't again do that after anymore. that, or was that the second that, time? That was the you... second time, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm playing volleyball. <laughs> Juniors and seniors could do these adventure weeks. Uh, and some did mountain climbing. I mean, it did all kinds of different stuff. They had an aviation one where you learned to fly a plane. I mean, it was really cool stuff. Uh, yeah, it was fun. And we went down there to West Virginia in, you're going to love this, in a VW camper van. Of course you did. <laughs> so, slept out. We slept in the caves a lot of the nights. So I'm going to, here, here, I can see this. Lucas comes up to me, Mom, here's what I want to do. I'm going to go to West Virginia and go in a cave with my teacher, and I'll see you in a week. The hell you are! <laughs> Now, we were juniors and seniors in high school, so uh-huh. I, I think that yeah. does make a little difference. True. <laughs> You're not sending True. elementary school kids in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, there's some memories. You wanted some memories. There's some memories. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you all uh, on Friday. All right. Bye. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse. <laughs>